Welcome to episode 116 of Enhancing Human Experience. I'm Mark Phillips, and I am really glad you tuned into this episode. What I'm going to do today is read some of my favorite passages from Swami Vivekananda's book, Vedanta, Voice of Freedom, and also talk about why I like this philosophy and why I get a lot of like um, spiritual goodness and inspiration and just like power for living through Swami Vivekananda and his work. I mean, you know, he is not around anymore. He was, um, I forget when he lived. I'll have to find that out and put it in the show notes at gmarkphillips.com. But I know it was around the turn of the century is from what I, if I recall, 1900s-ish. But um, actually it was 1863 to 1902. That's what it says on the cover of this book in the front cover. But I've posted stuff about him on my Instagram page at gmarkphillips before and talked a little about his book, but I've never actually read passages and shared passages. And so I've got a number of tabs here on the book that I'm going to share with you in this episode. But before we do that, I want to read a little bit of a background and give you a background on what Vedanta is, because I'm not an expert by any means. I just find a lot of, I resonate a lot with this philosophy. There's some things that don't really resonate with me about it, but it's, I, I think it all goes in the bucket, right? This is one of my main, um, like, this is one of the ones that has so much goodness that I think about all the time. But I'm going to read this from, this is from Vedanta.org, the Vedanta Society of Southern California. And they answer the question, what is Vedanta? And here I'm going to quote this, quoting, Vedanta is one of the world's most ancient spiritual philosophies and one of its broadest. Based on the Vedas, the sacred scriptures of India, it is the philosophical foundation of Hinduism. But while Hinduism includes aspects of Indian culture, Vedanta is universal in its application and is equally relevant to all countries, all cultures, and all religious backgrounds. Vedanta affirms three things. Number one, the oneness of existence. Number two, the divinity of the soul. And number three, the harmony of all religions. A closer look at the word Vedanta is revealing. Vedanta is a combination of two words, Veda, which means knowledge, and Anta, which means the end of or the goal of. In this context, the goal of knowledge isn't intellectual, the limited knowledge we acquire by reading books. Knowledge here means the knowledge of God, as well as the knowledge of our own divine nature. Vedanta, then, is the search for self-knowledge, as well as the search for God. So I think that lays a foundation for us as far as what Vedanta is and why it's so important, right? I mean, when we, com- when we find ourself, our large self, and really connect with it and move through the world from that frame of mind, we get so much more power, so much more joy and happiness and inspiration, divine inspiration, right? to do our work in the world and share our gifts and be our best selves, all that stuff. But it only happens when we can, you know, really hook up with that big self, that, that universal divine self aspect. And I've talked about this before on other episodes, and it's even on the cover of uh, Boundless Joy, 101 Timeless Reminders of Our True Nature. When we do align with that big S self, and when we do hook up with that, all of our worries and all of our stuff, they just pale in comparison and they, they are insignificant. Anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, all of that stuff falls away when we hook up with our 
what we really are, our true nature, our inner being, and when we show up in the world in that way. And think of ourselves not as a physical human being having this experience, but as a spiritual being having the human experience, as Pierre Deschardins talked about. So really, really powerful way to approach in the world and a practice that I work on and working on all the time, getting better at being at being seeing myself as a spiritual being having a human experience and maybe you've doing that in your own life and seeing the profound benefits that come come from it. I mean, it squashes fear, it squashes doubt, gives us an immense amount of courage and that spiritual power flows into all of our work. So it's really, really awesome. That's one of the reasons I like Vedanta is, you know, it's all about realizing that we're divine beings. So that hopefully gives you a little background on what Vedanta is. And since there are so many tabs here in this book, I'm going to choose a handful of them and share with you in this um, episode. I'm going to read right from the book here. Let's let's start with this one. Again, speaking about the knowledge here, this is a great place to start. Quoting from the book, Vedanta Voice of Freedom. The goal of mankind is knowledge. This is the one ideal placed before us by Eastern philosophy. Pleasure is not the goal of man, but knowledge Pleasure and happiness come to an end. It is a mistake to suppose that pleasure is the goal. The cause of all the miseries we have in the world is that men foolishly think pleasure to be the ideal to strive for, end quote. So that ties in directly with what we just read on Vedanta.org, talking about pleasure and the goal of, of human experience, the human existence to be knowledge. Uh, let's grab another one here. Let's see what we got. How about this one? Quote, to work without motive, to work unattached brings the highest bliss and freedom. This secret of karma yoga is taught by Lord Sri Krishna in the Gita. So they're all about that, that detachment and just working for work's sake. And you know what? When I do that in my own experience and detach from that outcome, things roll a lot easier. Maybe this has been your experience as well. Let's see. Let's find another one here. Here's one quoting, be unattached. Let things work. Let brain centers work, work incessantly, but let not a ripple conquer the mind. Work as if you were a stranger in this land, a sojourner. Work incessantly, but do not bind yourselves. Bondage is terrible. This world is not our habitation. It is only one of the many stages through which we are passing. Remember that great saying of Sankhya, philosophy. I hope I got that right. The whole of nature is for the soul, not the soul for nature. The whole of nature is for the soul, not the soul for nature. The very nature for the very reason, excuse me, for nature's existence is the education of the soul. It has no other meaning. It is there because the soul must have knowledge and through knowledge free itself. That's awesome. That is an awesome quote right there. Let's go back here a few more pages and pull another one. All right, here we have, let's start with this one right here. The struggle is the great lesson. Mind you, the great benefit in this life is struggle. It is through that we pass. If there is any road to heaven, it is through hell. Through hell to heaven is always the way. When the soul has wrestled with circumstances and has met death, a thousand times death in one way, but nothing daunted has struggled forward again and again and yet again. Then the soul comes out as a giant and laughs at the ideal he has been struggling for because he finds how much greater he is than the ideal. 
Wow, that's awesome. The goal, talking about the struggle. That's awesome. All right, let's go on here. Um, here's one about meditation. So, of course, they're big on meditation. That's a core tenant. Um, quoting. And then along with it, there must be meditation. Meditation is the one thing. Meditate, exclamation point. The greatest thing is meditation. It is the nearest approach to spiritual life, the mind meditating. It is the one moment in our daily life that we are not at all material, the soul thinking of itself, free from all matter, this marvelous touch of the soul. If that doesn't convince you to meditate, nothing will. (laughs) And it convinces me to get more regular with my meditative practice for sure. Uh, Quoting again here, the greatest help to spiritual life is meditation, dhyana. In meditation, we divest ourselves from our material conditions and feel our divine nature. We do not depend upon any external help in meditation. The touch of the soul can paint the brightest color even in the dingiest places. It can cast a fragrance over the vilest thing. It can make the wicked divine. And all enmity, all selfishness, all is effaced. The less the thought of the body, the better. For it is the body that drags us down. It is the attachment identification that makes us miserable. That is the secret. I think I am a spirit and not the body, and that the whole of the universe with all its relations, with all its good and all its evil, is but a series of paintings, scenes on a canvas of which I am the witness. End quote. That's freaking awesome. Again, tying into that notion of seeing ourselves as a spiritual being first and foremost, and then going out in the world to do our work. That is awesome. And challenging as it is, that's where all the goodness comes from, right? I mean, I totally get it. That's one of the challenges that I face and I work on all the time. I mean, I'm not a human being. I'm a spiritual being. And you're a human. You're a spiritual being, not a human being, right? One of the core foundational principles of the podcast, we're spiritual beings having this human experience. I love it. All right, let's go grab another one here. I want to capture this one. Uh... Let's go to a different one. That one doesn't resonating with me. So we're going to go back here. Um, oh my gosh. Speaking of reading books, he's got a quote in here. Not by the reading of books can we realize the self, end quote. Yeah, okay, we get that, right? We get that. We know that the irony of listening to a podcast and the irony of reading a blog post is that only life experience can teach us. This is one of my favorite quotes from other spiritual masters, Abraham Hicks, that words don't teach, only life experience teaches. But we can talk about the life experience and reflect on it and share knowledge, right? Like we're doing right here in this episode. So quoting here again. So Vedanta knows no sin. There are mistakes, but no sin. And in the long run, everything is going to be all right. No Satan, none of this nonsense. Vedanta believes in only one sin, only one in the world, and it is this. The moment you think you are a sinner or anybody else is a sinner, that is a sin. So that's the only sin that is in Vedanta. That's awesome. Another quote here. Vedanta formulates not universal brotherhood, but universal oneness. I am the same as any other man and any animal, good, bad, anything. It is one body, one mind, one soul throughout. The spirit never dies. There is no death anywhere, not even for the body. Not even the mind dies. So that's what Vedanta talks about, the oneness. 
Let's go on here and find another one. Mm, this is awesome for you creators out there who are into creation. Whatever you dream and think of, you create. If it is hell, you die and you see hell. If it is evil and Satan, you get Satan. If ghosts, you get ghosts. Whatever you think, that you become. If you have to think, think good thoughts, great thoughts. That's awesome. Let's see. Let's go on and pull maybe a couple more here. Here we are. One one that's awesome. Quoting, we are already free, only we do not know it. And we do not know what we have been doing. Throughout all religious systems and ideals is the same morality. One thing only is preached. Be unselfish, love others. One says, because Jehovah commanded, Allah shouted Muhammad. Muhammad. Another cries, Jesus. If it were only the commandment of Jehovah, how could it come to those who never knew Jehovah? If it were Jesus alone who gave this commandment, how could anyone who never knew Jesus get it? If only Vishnu, how could the Jews get it? who never were acquainted with that gentleman. There is another great source, greater than all of them. Where is it? It is in the eternal temple of God, in the souls of all beings, from the lowest to the highest. It is there that infinite unselfishness, infinite sacrifice, infinite compulsion to go back to unity. That's super awesome. All right, let's do one more here. I've got three left, and let me find a really good one here. Uh, Let's go with this one. So, quoting here, most of those who have worked in the field of religion all over the world have really been political workers. That has been the history of human beings. They have rarely tried to live up uncompromising to the truth, uncompromisingly to the truth. They have always worshipped the God called society. They have been mostly concerned with upholding what the masses believe, their superstitions, their weaknesses. They do not try to conquer nature, but to fit into nature nothing else. Go to India and preach a new creed. They will not listen to it. But if you tell them it is from the Vedas, that is good, they will say. Here I can preach this doctrine, and you, how many of you take this seriously? But the truth is all here, and I must tell you the truth. See, I I think that was him writing it. I do not believe that was a passage written by one of the translators of this. I'm pretty sure that was him. But that's that's awesome. That's true, right? I mean, we have a hard time letting in new or different truths or spiritual truths or ideologies into our framework. So that's some of my favorite passages and some of the tabs that I had tabbed from this book, Vedanta, Voice of Freedom. Um, if you get a chance, Google Swami Vivekananda, Google some of his quotes. And my feeling is that you will want to kind of um, integrate some of them into your daily practice or your own philosophy, because he was a really strong spiritual player, and we can draw a lot of inspiration. I, I certainly draw a lot of inspiration from him. I have pictures of him in some of my virtual vision boards and spiritual boards type, dream board type stuff. Specifically, you know, the, you know, images or quotes like the, like the earth is the great playground where we come to make ourselves strong. He was a big proponent of developing our spiritual strength in the world. And as you and I both know, that's really important. We can't all just be, you know, uh, living in kind of a fairy tale land. We have to do our work in the world. The world is, is no joke, right? There are, there is literally resistance within us and outside of us that will become lesser 
when we develop ourselves and get stronger, right? Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all those things. And so that's one of the big takeaways that I get from Vedanta and specifically from Swami Vivekananda, you know, his unique personality and character was one of like, hey, you know, get it done, right? Be strong, develop yourself spiritually and and energetically, not only like physically. So it, it helps us show up in the world in a more courageous way. I guess if I could sum it up, that would be it and do our work in the world because that's what we came here to do. We came here to play the game of life and create and have fun and gain knowledge get to know ourselves better, right? All those things. And so when we find these, I call them like spiritual dynamos or spiritual giants, Paramahansa Yogananda is another one that I always draw inspiration and energy from. But when we find these players, they can help us like do our work in the life and do our work in this world and be stronger ourselves. So I hope that's been helpful to you on your journey, you know, reading some of these passages from that book. And Until next time, I want to thank you for tuning into this episode. Until next time, all the best, health, wealth, and success. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye.